Over two and a half million custodial grandparents are raising approximately 4.8 million grandchildren in the United States. Now that averages to about 4% of all children being raised by custodial grandparents. About 32% of children in foster care are in relative placement homes, an increase of 8%. For each child placed in a relative foster care home, 19 are raised by relatives outside of foster care. Though Tennessee is ranked fourth in the nation for the lowest percentage of children in foster care uh, being raised in grand families, the United States average is 32%, Tennessee's average is 9%. But it's important for us to discuss grandparents who are raising their grandchildren for uh, whatever reason, absentee parents, um, uh, parents who are incarcerated or other reasons. Uh, it is continuing to rise the number of grandparent caregivers. There are unique challenges that grandparents experience as caregivers of their grandchildren. And we'll cover those as well as some resources and the process to grandparents becoming foster parents today with the Upper Cumberland Development District on the best kept secrets of caregiving. This is the Best Kept Secrets of Caregiving on the Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry Podcast Center. Whether you're caring for your elderly parents or raising your grandchildren, life can seem overwhelming at times. Join Marsha Lee and the Upper Cumberland Development District as they help you make sense of it all as a caregiver. Resources, advice, and more starts now. We're discussing raising children, specifically grandparents who are raising grandchildren. I'm Marsha Lee. Joining me today on the Best Kept Secrets of Caregiving, we have Chelsea Dupree and Taylor Porter, both interns with the Upper Cumberland Development District. Claire Farless of the Upper Cumberland Development District joining us today as well. Chelsea, thanks for joining me. Uh, What impact is there and what challenges are created in becoming a primary caregiver of grandchildren for older adults? Yeah, Marsha. So there's a lot of things that grandparents kind of go through. Um, One of the biggest things is just experiencing abrupt change in their life um, by taking in these children. They've already raised their children and and now they're kind of doing it again. Exactly. Um, So that can kind of result in some role overload, um, sometimes some marital conflict that having these children in the home and they're not used to that can kind of disrupt their lifestyle and their friendships and their social life. Sometimes there can be some inner family conflict and tension between them and the parent, the biological parent of the child. Um, and, you know, I mean, you hear all the time um, cases in the news where a non-custodial parent, uh, an Amber Alert, or for instance, could be issued because a non-custodial parent has removed the child without permission uh, to do that. So it's, you know, it, it's a... It's a difficult thing for a parent mm-hmm. to have to take in their grandchild from their child. Yes. Um, and and I can see how that can often result in a lot of conflict. Yeah, yeah. And I think the biggest thing to remember is the grandchildren's trauma that they've experienced um, resulting in that removal. And then also the grief that that a grandparent might be experiencing with their child and maybe the loss, of, like you said, if they're incarcerated, maybe some guilt or some shame associated with needing to take in their grandchildren. Um, So just remembering that as well. Um, Definitely some financial difficulties that can come along with this. It's so expensive to raise a child. Um, And a lot of older adults are on a fixed income Mm -hmm. or retired, um, and that can just completely change their finances. Um, Absolutely. Uh, And it's it's both um, 
physically demanding, emotionally mm-hmm. demanding, and financially demanding. Yes. It's, <laughs> yes. Uh, in addition, in addition to whatever the trauma is related to the reason, whether it's the death of you know exactly. that death, incarceration, just uh, absentee. You know, I mean, there are any number of situations mm-hmm. that could cause and, and some of them, some of them, I, I'm only mentioning negative ones, but I mean, deployment. I mean, when you think of yeah. all the many different reasons that a grandparent could need to take in a grandchild, exactly. it's still going to cause difficulty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the, the biggest concern for the older adults that we want to you know, look at is that it can often result in poor well-being for them, increased health issues or mental health issues, anxiety and depression um, so we want to make sure that they have all the support that they need to help um, overcome those financial sure. things. And I mean, and it, well, and not just financially, but mental health, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. counseling services or or whatever the case may be, because there's probably some healing that needs to go on for all of the parties involved. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but. You know, with all those challenges, I think it's really important to remember the strengths. Um, and that's why, you know, there is such a push to try to increase the amount of relative and kinship placements um, in the state of Tennessee. So some of those strengths that, you know, we really want to focus on are cultural preservation of keeping children with their families. Um, children report feeling safer and more loved when they're with relatives. And in a non-foreign members. environment, in a familiar, you know, mm-hmm. around familiar people, around yeah. Not that there, not that there aren't other wonderful, you know, families that can raise kids. That's not to to discount that, but it would have to be easier to be incorporated into your already present family. Exactly, it's much less traumatic for the child, um, and they're able to maintain some family bonds and relationships um, with their aunts and uncles, and you know, cousins, cousins. and yeah, sure. exactly. Uh, but I'm I'm guessing that not everybody qualifies, and there are eligibility requirements for being a relative caregiver. Taylor, um, what are some of those uh, qualifications or eligibility requirements? Yeah, so there are a few requirements um, to be a relative caregiver. One of the biggest is that the relative caregiver must be related to the child by blood, marriage, or adoption. So the relative caregiver can't be somebody who's a family friend or has grown up with the child. that's not a relative. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, I know a lot of us in the South especially have family members that are not family members. Sure. But for this program, you actually legally have to be. Um, the potential caregiver must have primary care of the child through informal family arrangements or through legal custody or guardianship. Um, the child must be 18 years or under. Um, however, it can extend to age 19 if the child will complete high school or any uh, training before age 20. So it can be extended, but no further than 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, the caregiver and their spouse also have to take part in an in-home assessment and provide supporting documentations to verify that they're eligible. Um, and they must agree to... What are some, what are some of those documentation things that would be required, like income, insurance, yes. things of that nature? Yeah, things like uh, income and proof of insurance, proof of stable housing sometimes is a requirement. Uh, you know, proof that you can financially care for the child um, are some of the big ones. Uh, something else also to remember um, that a lot of people don't realize is grandparents do not automatically have rights to adopt grandchildren. Not in the state of Tennessee. No. Um, and there are... Uh, you know, situations where if it's not deemed an appropriate uh, placement, then they can be placed in foster care. Um, so that's something to remember also is you're not automatically given uh, rights. There are not grandparent rights in Tennessee. Um, and they also, uh, like I said before, they have to provide a safe home for the child and be committed to providing the home as long as necessary. Um, 
and to receive emergency or financial assistance uh, from the program, the caregiver family must not be um, receiving any type of kinship payment or subsidy. So that would include a foster care board payment or families first or any sort of subsidized guardianship. Um, And the household income cannot exceed twice the current federal poverty guideline. So there are quite a few requirements, um, and that's something to think about when you are considering taking that on because it is a big responsibility. Absolutely. It's the best kept secrets of caregiving. I'm Marsha Lee. Joining me today, Chelsea Dupree and Taylor Porter, interns with the Upper Cumberland Development District. Chelsea, what are some of the services that grandparent caregivers might be eligible for? Yeah, so some of the um, benefits that grandparents can enroll in would be SNAP, which is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, um, SPZ, SPG, I'm sorry, um, Subsidized Permanent Guardianship, TANF, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, and WIC, which is Women, Infants, and Children. Um, if they're working, they might qualify for FMLA, so they might be able to take a leave of absence um, to adjust to taking these um, grandchildren into the home. There's tax credits. Um, they may be eligible for guardianship or adoption subsidies or um, free or discounted daycare services, which could be a huge asset. And children in custody can also qualify for certain services. Uh, Taylor, what are some of those? Uh, there are a few um, that they can qualify for. One of the big ones that a lot of people don't really realize is tuition assistance. There are actually grants and scholarships out there for children who have been in foster care. Um, you know, Tennessee Hope and the Foster Child Tuition Grant are a couple. Um, if the child happens to be disabled or have any sort of physical or mental disabilities, then they can, could qualify for uh, SSI. Um, and then uh, also if the parents are deceased um, or if the child's drawing any sort of survivor benefits, then they could continue to get that. Um, the child would continue, the child to, get continue those. to get that. Yes. Great. And, and there are there are just a ton of different questions that people may have that they may need information for. So, what's the best way um, the best way to go about applying for some of these benefits and services? Yeah, definitely getting in touch with your local DCS office. Um, they are just such a wealth of information and are going to be the experts in this field as to what is available to you um, and getting you this help and support that you need um, as far as whether or not you want to be a foster placement and be able to be eligible for those financial reimbursements. Um, Also, at the Upper Cumberland Development District, we have a relative caregiver program. Um, So if you wanted to call um, them and ask for Melissa Allison, she could give you so much more information on that as well. And that number is 931 Four three two four one one one. And what about the number for the local DCS for Putnam County? Yeah, the Putnam County DCS number is 931-646-3000. Thank you so much. Chelsea Dupree, Taylor Porter, interns with the Upper Cumberland Development District uh, with Claire Farless from the Upper Cumberland Development District. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I'm Marsha Lee. This has been the Best Kept Secrets of Caregiving, helping you know what resources are there and connecting you with the people who can help you utilize them. Thank you for listening to the Best Kept Secrets of Caregiving with Marsha Lee and the Upper Cumberland Development District. Check for new episodes or listen to past episodes on demand in the Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry Podcast Center at Newstalk941.com.